What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Broken Tables podcast. This is episode number 88 with our AEW Dynamite review show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Vegas, here with our co-host, as always, King Rome. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing all right. Doing all right? Doing all right? All right, all right. Well, um, welcome, everybody, to the show here tonight. Wow, we got a couple of people already here. Welcome, Joseph Juhas. Welcome, Miyaja. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. And... Um, you know, I'm going to let Rome take over for a moment here. we got a little bit of an announcement to make. Oh, you want to open the show with the announcement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's open it up with, not with, like, the whole announcement, but that we're going to have the announcement, you know? Okay, well, so I have an announcement to make that we have an announcement to make at the end of the show. It's uh, it's a pretty exciting announcement. Some people have been asking about it for a little while, and we'll uh, we will talk about it at the end. So please stick around to see what we have. Uh in store yes yes all right so let's go ahead and get started here with uh tonight's aew dynamite review and man what a show this was tonight man um i had an absolute blast watching this episode of dynamite um i ran through like a whole list of emotions tonight you know with you know the, the that female segment with uh soraya that 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 got me in the feels man and then you know, the whole acclaimed always gets me up and jumping in my seat. So tonight was an awesome episode, man. I ran through a freaking list of emotions tonight. Yeah, definitely. It was a really good episode of Dynamite. Uh, I have a soapbox moment, let's call it, that I'm going to be standing on my soapbox later. Um, when we get there, we'll get there. But uh, right. something I had a thought that I just wanted to point out and kind of elaborate, but we'll get there. All right, no worries, no worries. So we uh, start the night off with our eight-man tag, the match that I wanted to see the most here tonight. Um, we got the Gun Club or the Ass Boys, whichever you would like to call them, uh, versus, uh, I'm sorry, with Swerve in Our Glory uh, against FTR and The Acclaimed. And, man, right away I knew this was going to be a great show because... This crowd was hot from the moment that this show started. You could you could just feel the energy in the crowd. You could hear it. And, you know, they definitely let us know that they weren't going to be a bad crowd tonight. 
Yeah, uh, it was a hot crowd. They were just they showed up tonight, man. It was a really really good crowd. Boston, uh, Boston really. Uh, again, it's a testament to. We've talked about you know some of the live attendance being down a little bit. I really really do think that it just comes to them running markets dry a little bit. Um, we talked about it last week. It's why I'm really excited with Jeff Jarrett being here. I think him expanding on that live calendar, which we did get some news on that tonight, which we'll talk about when we get there. Um, but they, you know, spread out where you travel. Go up, go up to New England more. Go west more. Visit the, you know, the center, the center of the country, other than Texas more. The, you know, I mean, it, it is a legitimate issue that AEW has where you're seeing it in the ticket sales. Like the product, it's not a problem with the product. It's not a problem with you know with the tv numbers it's it's you know the attendance is down a little bit and it you know in yeah. places like philly there's an excuse because lee core center is just a dog shit venue you know what i mean <laughs> yeah I, I, it is what it is i mean it's just we've sat in the upper levels it's it's just juhas literally buys i don't know how juhas goes to every single AEW show here in philly and this man sits in the upper level i don't know how he he hears anything but um, yeah, I, I'm excited for them, and I think the crowd was hot tonight because I I don't remember the last time they were in Boston. Yeah, I actually um I'm not sure if they've been in Boston for a long time now. Um, like you said, I can't remember the last time they were there. If do you know if they've ever even been there? I'm sure they have, but I'm sure they have. Uh, I think actually, don't quote me on this, but I think maybe like. Within the first month of Dynamite three years ago, I think one of the first shows was in Boston. But I'm not 100% sure on that, because I know they did Philly and then D.C. Well, they did D.C., Philly. I think the third or fourth show might have been in Boston. Okay, okay. What? Juhas, no. Juhas, look. Elite Core Center, the upper levels, the, the, the audio up there, the sound up there, fucking terrible. Yeah. When like, we went, we, we've gone there twice and sat up there, right? And it was terrible. We couldn't even hear what they were saying in promos and the video packages. Couldn't hear anything. Yeah, it's not good. All right. So uh, this match just starts off amazing. Um, Billy comes running to the ring as soon as everybody has kind of got their entrances done. Billy Gunn just bolts himself down to the ring and starts beating the daylights out of Swerve. Um, I, I almost thought that they were going to do something here and kind of like screw the matchup, but they just kind of kicked Billy out. They had a friend of his from the back. Uh, did you catch that guy's name? I didn't recognize him. Oh man. They said it. Um, I recognized it in the moment, but I don't remember. I didn't it, it wasn't it recognizable to me. Like I'm sure some people might've recognized him, but they said a friend of his came out and kind of escorted him to the back. Uh, so then we did get the match to start. Everything was fine. And man, this is immediately, this is where you could tell the crowd was going to be fantastic tonight. This crowd was hot. They were chanting scissor me daddy, the whole song. Um, this, this was excellent. Yeah. I really uh, enjoyed and appreciated the psychology here of, of Billy. Number one, Billy, not just walking down to the ringside and being okay with the fact that swerve fucking abducted him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know and also the fact that it makes sense for billy to get sent to the back because you know again this man kidnapped you tied you up and bound you and broke your fingers um you know it, it just it's smart booking it's the right way to do it is have billy number one have billy not just take it and then number two to get billy away from ringside you know first of all i want to i want to say thank you for not 
saying cut off Billy's fingers. I heard so many people complain about that segment being like, I can't believe they made it look like Swerve cut off Billy's fingers with pliers. And I was like, that is your dumb, dumb brain doing that. That is not them. With pliers, you break someone's fingers like, uh, or, or injure them. You're not cutting anyone's fingers off with pliers. That was you, dumb, dumb. Well, Jeff, there's something you just got to understand. You have to accept that these people that are saying these things are the same people that think it's a great idea to cash in on Money in the Bank during an open challenge. Oh, For not God, a world dude. title, mind you. You know, I just... I don't know if we're going to talk about it tonight, but, like... <sighs> no, not... <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we'll get to it later. Okay. So... This match was amazing. Um, there was a Dax Harwood catapult. Just your everyday, you know, grab onto their legs, fall down backwards, and catapult them into the top rope. But this was the best catapult I have ever seen performed in a wrestling ring. It didn't look fake at all. It actually looked like something that if you did it to someone and you were strong enough, he flew naturally face first into that turnbuckle. You know what I mean? Like, did you notice that? I did, yes. Yeah, I mean, I was like, seriously, like, that was the best. I was like, that was great. That was insane. Um, so that, that was something I wanted to point out. Um, anytime we get Cash and Swerve together in the ring, dude, these guys go like 200 miles an hour, and they don't skip a beat. These dudes are so good. Yeah, I, I thought this was a really, uh, really strong opener to the show. Uh, this eight-man tag was just, it was a phenomenal match. Uh, my favorite spot of the match was Dax with the superplex out uh, on the top rope, out of the ring, um, onto one of the ass boys. I believe it was Austin. Could be. I think wrong. it was everybody. I mean, everybody was there. <laughs> if I'm saying who. He oh yes, yes. Move to yeah. Um, but no, I thought that that was awesome, and yeah, this is just oh, a that was really a great fun spot. match. A, a lot of the matches tonight went a little bit longer than the you know your typical dynamite match might go. A few of them went 20 minutes. Um, yeah. And this is one of them. This match went about 19, 20 minutes, which I thought was just perfect timing for this match. It was, you know, just long enough. Um, A-man tags are a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually was um, at first. I don't know what made me think this, but I thought it was going to be kind of like a four way tag here. But when they when they grouped up, I was like, oh, yeah, I love when we do the the four man, you know, tags like that. Well, um, yeah, that was the whole point of the psychology of why yeah. Keith Lee was upset about the match being made, because. Keith Lee does not want to tag with the gun club because he has a baby face and the gun club are heels. So, you know, you're still just sowing the, um, the discourse or, um, the disdain between Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Yeah. Now, since you mentioned that, do you believe Keith Lee seems to be, uh, drifting towards, uh, Swerve, like drifting towards the dark side there? I mean, you're asking, could there be a swerve? I mean, obviously, there could always be a swerve. Tony Khan books really smart. You know, he believes in smart booking, and he knows that a good swerve is something that is, you know, it, it's you know, it's a swerve. It's out of nowhere. And yeah. I think that, obviously, we're building up to swerve being the guy that turns heel. I mean, the work he's doing, the stuff he's doing on social media right now, just all of it, which is just, it's all incredible and phenomenal work. But, you know, you do have to think that it's swerve is the one that's going to turn heel. Um, but I mean, Keith Lee does seem like he's just done with Swerve Strickland's bullshit. So I don't know. I mean, it's good storytelling. You just, you're not hundred percent sure where we're going with it. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like they're trying to make it obvious that Swerve and Keith Lee are going to be breaking up and we're going to get a singles match between the two, you know what I mean? But I'm thinking that we might get Keith Lee noticing that what he does is working and possibly, you know, kind of like, okay, let's do this. And they turn heel and uh, get the belts back, you know what I mean? And start an actual, like, really nice feud with the Acclaim there. Yeah, uh, real quick, Jeff, uh, go to you. I have to turn my camera off for a second. I forgot to plug my computer in. No worries. All right. So uh, this one, you know, right after, I'm sorry, right before that suplex from Dax, there was a off the same top rope to the same group of dudes down below. Um, Keith, I'm sorry, Swerve Strickland did a backflip corkscrew moonsault landing on everybody to the outside. That was insanity. Um, and then like, uh, like Rome said, we had the suplex off the top ropes to the outside um this was just incredible man like <laughs> I, I i was i was in shock for most of this uh the second half of this match at how good this kept being um every time i thought this was gonna end um it didn't so you know kudos to these guys this match was absolutely incredible uh we finish off the match with uh, a big mic drop and big rig combo so uh, the acclaimed and FTR get the one, two, three. Yeah, and so um, Ryan Davis in the chat actually kind of took my one of my next points. Uh, he says the Gun Club have come a long way. Those two have gotten pretty good in the ring in a classic style tag team. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree with that. I think the Gun Club have, have really come into their own. I think a slight change sometimes is beneficial. And they went from... You know, when they were with Billy, I mean, obviously, because that was the dynamic, it was a father-son dynamic, you know, they they just seemed like kids that were just kind of dicking around. And now yeah. they've made that transition from kids that are dicking around being jerks to being heels, you know what I mean? And, like, the work Dude. they've been doing feuding with FTR is, has been pretty damn good. Dude, ever since they adopted that um, HBK gear, you know, that gear that kind of is like a throwback towards Shawn Michaels... Ever since they adopted that gear, it's almost like that gear like completely changed their attitude. And they have felt like they're really trying every single time we see them. It they've definitely shown like massive growth, you know what I mean, since the first time we seen them in the ring. Um 100% agree. That's yeah, those guys are doing excellent right, right now. Yeah, I think it really comes down to the firm. I mean, just them joining the firm and just yeah. kind of, again, just sometimes all you need is a small tweak of your character. You don't even got to do a lot. You just tweak it a little bit and you find something that works, you know. And, I, you know, I was always cool with the, the, ass, the ass boys, you know what I mean? Like, I thought they were pretty funny. But I think the work they're doing right now has been way better. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, 100%. Their, their work they're doing right now is absolutely way better. Davis is asking, can you guys see Billy Gunn in the way they sell? Yeah, you can see you you can tell they're Billy's sons. Like like they just can't help it. They have some Billy Gunnisms. Like even doing the DX crop chop uh crotch chop sometimes. They're just like uh, I think Austin did it tonight where he had a sequence going. He's just like and then he does his like drop yep. kick or whatever it was. So yep. I mean yes, it's it's very apparent um who's uh whose sons or yeah, whose sons they are. They also seem like sometimes they do some uh, some road dog stuff. Jeff, I was actually going to say, they feel like they've been, it, it seems like they've studied their dad and uh, road dogs work a lot. It really does. Yeah. So Jeff, real quick, little quick tangent. Did you happen to hear the latest thing that road dog said today? 
I did not. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Oh, here we go. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing excellent. I hope I hope this doesn't ruin it. <laughs> it. It might slightly. So, Jeff, I want you to. We're gonna play a quick little game, okay? I'm going to oh, ask dude. you, on a scale of one to ten, ten being like the goat, the best of all time, zero being like, you know, fucking tra- terrible. You're gonna rate some wrestlers for me, real quick, okay? As okay. overall, overall packages, okay? Brett, Brett the Hitman Hart, number one. No, no, no. I'm oh, saying okay, like, okay, yeah, out of ten, okay, ten, ten out of ten. <laughs> okay, Bret Hart is a ten out of ten for you. Okay, thank you. I was gonna say, wait, yeah, hold he's on. he's he's my standard for a ten out of ten. <laughs> okay, Road Dog Jesse James. Um, all right, I got I got to at least be fair because I did enjoy him back in the day. I okay. will give him like a six point five. Okay, what would you say if I told you that Road Dog today said that he was greater than Bret Hart? <laughs> I would laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, start laughing, man. Start, start fucking laughing. Uh, this man, he said that Bret Hart was good because he was a wrestler, but being a wrestler is not important. It's the sports entertainer. If you're a great sports entertainer, you're better than a pro wrestler, and that's why Road Dog said he was better than Bret Hart. It's absolutely one hundred percent false. See, for me, it's it's uh, both things are important. I think all the goats can do both. I think that that's how I look at it. And while, yes, granted, Bret Hart was not the greatest, you know, in terms of on the mic work. I mean, he was definitely he was good. He was very good at his best. Um, I mean, the hitman persona and character is a phenomenal character and persona. And I mean, his in his again, his mic work, especially the mic work done towards the end of his run against, you know, Shawn Michaels when he was a heel was really good so i mean but yeah uh road dog jesse james said he is greater than bret hart do we have some sort of like clown of the week award do we want to do we want to start that maybe he'll get it like every week unfortunately booker t has is locked down for the next five years (laughs) so although road dog really makes it road dog really see here's the thing right like it i find life to be extremely ironic. You know what I mean? Like, I think that life is just really funny. The way things happen, the way things work. And if you told me, like, let's say 12 years ago, if you told me 12 years ago that I would just fucking hate every single member of D-Generation X except for Billy Gunn, I'd say you're fucking crazy. Yeah, I would have called you a liar. I would be like, no way. I love DX. They're my favorite, you know, faction of all time. I love Road Dog. I love triple paul i love michael hickenbottom you know what i mean like i'm all about these guys and now here we are and i'm just like wow huh all right you know i love that you call him triple paul it's one of my favorite things oh yeah man we got triple paul pinocchio paul we have a new one after tonight which we'll get to later (laughs) i like what ryan davis said as far as brian james it's good to be proud of yourself but not at the expense of being delusional right perfect way to put it Right, yeah, no, that that's a great way to put it because he, you know, in terms of the attitude error, no, you cannot undersell the 
the good and the great stuff that DX did and Road Dog was a big part of that. Like absolutely. Yeah. You can't you can't argue that. If you try arguing that, you're just dumb. But at the same time, it it's it's fucking Brett the Hitman Heart. Like I can't think of one Road Dog match ever. Like the like my favorite Road Dog match would probably be the dumpster match with the New Age Outlaws versus uh McFoley sure. and Perry Funk. Like that's like the one match that I can even think of. Um but that's that's not saying much. And then character wise, I mean I mean he never even hit the echelon of a top star. So I mean I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too much more into it, but yeah. No, that was he fun. knows he had no business saying that. He said it to get people talking about him and to get clicks. That's all. He's a Fed guy. They know how they know what to do. Yeah that's clickbait that's clickbait for sure. All right, next up was an incredible, incredible video package promo. I don't even know what to call this because it was essentially MJF on some random podcast. Um, it's the part in my take pod. It's a bar stool, I believe. Um, I know, I know. It's a huge podcast. <laughs> I just wasn't trying to plug anybody. That's all. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, you know. So it was be- MJF on the, it was the Barstool Sports Podcast, right? Yeah, part of my take. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think he even said, in his opinion, the greatest podcast in the world. Um, yeah. And this was incredible. The, this interview he was doing, he was basically talking to the podcaster, but it felt like he was talking to us. This was amazing. There are a few, there are moments tonight, especially tonight, that, you you know, you just... Let these wrestlers be real. You know, I, I think it's it, it's hilarious to me that, you know, a, a winning formula that WWE, you know, inherit, you know, inherited and started using. I mean, I'm sure maybe the indie, some of the territories might have used it. Just let them be themselves and turn it up to 11. And, and that's what you get with MJF. And it's it's a phenomenal. It's just phenomenal work week in and week out. Like the way his presentation is delivery. The way he's talking about what he's saying, the way, you know, you know that he feels this, like he's talking and, you know, you can feel the actual frustration because it's coming from a place that includes things that are shoots. You know what I mean? Like he's talking about how his spotlight keeps being taken from him, his entire run in AEW. He talks about how the night he he faced Moxley for the world title the last time at a pay-per-view, you know, nobody talked about him because they talked about the scary bump that Matt Hardy took off of the, uh, the giant yep. post, you know, and he just goes on and then he, he's like, and finally I come back and I return and this is my moment. This is finally my fucking moment. And everybody just wants to talk about CM Punk and the elite, a fucking press conference. Um, and you just, you just feel it. If you don't, if you yeah. don't get it, if you don't connect, like, I don't know if you should be watching pro wrestling because like, this is the, this is the, we are at the mountaintop when it comes to MJF. I mean, obviously not in terms of the work he can do, but like, this is it, man. Like, this is why we do promos. This is why wrestlers do promos is for moments like this. Like I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, I'm just absorbing it. Um, this was excellent. And it's just, it's, it's another week. And like, it goes without saying that this man went on a fucking podcast and he cut a fucking generational promo on a podcast he's not there in the crowd letting the having the crowd you know vibe it to make it special he you know what i mean like there's no other one there's no one else involved it's just him sitting on a chair 
in a room like this, staring at the camera and just pouring his heart out. And it's it's special. Like I don't I don't know, man. Freaking it, awesome. And, and he he makes a great point about every generation you have that guy who comes in and takes charge. You know, he talks with Bruno San Martino and Hogan and Flair and you know, Rock, Stone Cold, Cena, like, like this is the kind of guy that MJF is. MJF is at that level. And I think we're seeing, you know, if there's the biggest positive that I would say that came out of the brawl out is you really have seen a lot of the younger guys step up and have that moment that Mox had where it's like, I want to be the guy and I make it known that I'm the fucking guy. You know, you yeah. see it with Ricky Starks, you see it with MJF, these guys, if Tony Khan is smart, which I do think he is, uh, these are guys that you don't ever let leave AEW. This MJF, uh, if I'm Tony Khan, sign him to like a 20-year contract. I don't care how dumb that sounds. When you get this this TV rights deal situated, although I do really think he's already signed an extension, I would, yeah. I would sign it again. I would extend them even further. Dude, he's incredible, man. Um... I just I love the way he's been, he said basically every time he's had a good moment the spotlight's been stolen from him and if you think about it he listed every time and it it's it's true like every time he's had one of his big moments something happened and stole the spotlight man um, Yeah and uh, Jeff I just want to kind of make it clear like cuz I really do feel this way I think that we are in we are going to be in the building for what is going to be a historic moment. Oh man, time. I can't wait. Like, like even MJF said it. Like this is this is the moment. Like this is the moment where you see the changing of the garden in, in a sense. And you know, like, and this is the thing that AEW's biggest detractors. You know, it, like you know, all the bots and all the Fed fans. This is what they're talking about. Like, oh, like why don't you push younger talent? Like you keep signing all these WWE guys. The thing that people understand is is that number one, you need to let the talent be ready. You have to let them get there. And we are at we are on the precipice of the next generation stepping forward. We had, you know, you have Jack Perry. I'm not even like here on out, I'm not even calling him Jungle Boy anymore. I mean, he's Jungle Boy Jack Perry, but I'm going to call him Jack Perry the same way I would say Steve Austin. Like Yeah, yeah, I got you. Not in you know, not that he's reached the Steve Austin level, but like that's just an example. You got him, Ricky Stark. You know, tonight was another night where we saw Sammy Guevara go out there and like, fuck, you hate his guts, but it's like the dude's just killing it. Dude, he's and, so good. And we are on the precipice of that. And I think MJF winning that title next Saturday is that moment where like, obviously you're going to see some more established guys win the title again. That's just how it works. You know, honestly, honestly, I feel like Tony Khan is just begging Brian Danielson to win a title before he's done. <laughs> Danielson keeps saying no. I bet you, but it's yeah. But yeah, anyways, uh, history. History is going to be made next weekend. I can't wait, man. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. um, next up, we had uh, Stokely Hathaway cutting a video package promo on Max um, saying, you know, he's been dick riding Moxley and, uh, you know, you can't dick ride without a license. <laughs> that was hilarious, dude. I laughed so hard when he said that. And he said, uh, see you in hell, Max. So, next up, we had Ethan Page versus Eddie Kingston. Um, yeah, dude, um, this was awesome. I love how they went over all the matches that these two have had over the years. 
Um, these two have had some crazy ass bloody matches. If you've never seen them, uh, they've had a cage match. They've had a dog collar match. They've had, I quit matches. Um, this was great. And during this match, I actually wrote down this announced team is incredible. The interaction between Taz, Tony Schiavone and Excalibur together, just the way that it's just great. I love these three together. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, just a few things I kind of wanted to touch on real quickly. Uh, I also loved the Stokely Hathaway promo. I loved the way it was shot. Uh, just oh, him yes. standing over a pier. Uh, tonight, for me, is one of those nights where, again, like everyone knows me. I'm a big promo guy, character development guy. Like That's the shit that, I mean, obviously, I love the pro wrestling and the matches themselves. But like for me, it's character development and promos that I just... That's my fucking bread and butter. And I, I thought there was just a really a lot of strong promos tonight. And uh, you know, on you know, obviously Stokely's isn't the strongest, but I, you know, I thought it was really well done. Um, afterwards, right before the Ethan Page Eddie Kingston match, uh, Tony Schiavone announces that AEW will make its debut in the UK in 2023, with more details to come next week. Um, they also mention, I believe, that there's going to be two Western markets that are going to be getting their Dynamite debuts announced next week as well. Oh, nice. Yes. I'm assuming one's going to be Las Vegas. I would be very surprised if it's not. Well, they've been in Vegas, so it's not going to be Vegas because they, 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 well, yeah, the double or nothing is in Vegas every year. Yeah, but a dynamite debut. Yeah, but I think that they're talking like AEW debut. Okay. Okay. If I had to guess, they're saying West. I'm going to go and say, no, because their California shows were pretty close to Hollywood. I think San Francisco, maybe. Yeah, you could and have then, some more California. California's um, a big state, so I would say San Francisco, and maybe they go, like, New Mexico or something. That's West Coast. Yeah, I was going to say maybe Arizona. Arizona, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, this match with Ethan Page and Eddie Kingston was freaking awesome. The announced team was awesome. Um, Eddie, Kingston, Eddie Kingston did a double-arm suplex to uh, Ethan Page that I really, really enjoyed. That was one of my favorite spots of the match. Immediately after Ethan hits Eddie with a suplex on the outside, um, that looked nasty. I, I, those suplexes on the outside, man. The padding is only like an inch thick. That's that's gotta suck. Oh yeah. Um, at one point in the match, Eddie locks in the stretch plum, and we got an obvious tap out, but we got interruption from uh, Stokely Hathaway distracting the referee. Uh, the referee obviously did not see the tapping out, and this winds up with, uh, you know, all e all ego Ethan Page hitting a top rope avalanche, uh, whatever he calls that, Eth uh, ego's edge, right? Yes. So we got an avalanche ego's edge off the top ropes to Eddie. One, two, three. What do you think of this um, obvious tap out, man? Do you think we're going to have any repercussions from this? The tab out itself, probably not. Um, so if, I don't know if you've been watching Dark a lot. Um, they've been telling Eddie Kingston's story on Dark where he's been very kind of uh, on the fringe of snapping. You know, he and Ortiz have been winning these tag matches. And after every match, he's attacking the, the you know, the opponents after the bell, um, almost forcing disqualifications each week. But, week, but luckily, Ortiz kind of steps in and stops it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's... I don't think I think it's just Eddie's struggling right now in a character perspective. Um, and we're just going to continue to see that. I don't know if he's going to be on the card for full gear. I mean, obviously, full gears and 
next weekend and i you know him being out of the tournament sucks for him but i mean i guess we'll see what happens within the next week to see if maybe he can make the card still i don't know yeah yeah i'm wondering if maybe in uh ethan's next match for this eliminator you know eddie interferes somehow but we'll see this might just be part of that story like you were saying of him snapping yeah um, all right, so uh, the the winner of this match is going to face uh, the winner of Bandito and Roosh on Friday Night Rampage. So that's going to be, uh, that'll be nice. Whoever he faces there, that should be good either way. Yeah, and uh, I, would next I, would the, uh, I would expect Bandito to get that graphic next uh, on Friday as well. Yeah, I'm hoping Bandito picks up that win, you know, um, especially, you know, for his first match while he is signed, I guess you could say. Yeah. I hope he gets that win. See, I'm kind of I'm I'm a little torn here because I I love Bandito. I think this guy is super talented. Um and just him him being in the tur- in this tournament, that honestly this tournament just feels like it's Ricky Starks' tournament to win. Um that like that's my initial thought. So I feel kind of bad for all these guys in the tournament because I think they all they're all really good you know choices to win this tournament i don't don't think there's a bad one in the tournament i mean obviously eddie's out now but i I think there's a story for ethan page story for bandito for roosh uh archer starks um dante martin brian cage that's kind of maybe the weakest of the matchups um but i don't know it kind of sucks but i I guess that's just good booking because i'm sitting here like i think it's ricky's tournament but but like man i would love to see bandito win this tournament or i would love to see ethan page win this tournament but you know that's a good thing yeah absolutely would love to see uh ethan page win this uh tournament all right next up we had renee paquette backstage with roosh uh and jose with the dark order um and essentially roosh is offering 10 a shot at the world title after he finishes the tournament and wins and wins the world title he says you could be in line for the first chance at the title. And I'm I'm assuming this means he wants 10 to help him out through the tournament or join them like but you know we'll see. This was a decent segment here. Um I do like this whole Roosh trying to get 10 over to his side thing. It gives the dark order like a little bit of something to do right now rather than just like existing, but you know Go ahead. What, what do you think? Just disband the Dark Order. Yeah. Just, just, just look, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they're going with Ten leaving the Dark Order, and yes. So if Ten leaves the Dark Order at that point, you have Reynolds, Uno, and Silver. Um, which I mean, I guess at that point you're just arguing that they're just going to be a trio for now on, and that's going to be, and they'll be in the trios division. I would just, I would just say like, okay, this is, this is, unfortunately, I've, I think this is where you end it. Or, or, I had this thought yesterday, have them be part of Ring of Honor. Maybe, maybe, maybe they could finally get the footing that they need in, in, in Ring of Honor's roster. Um, you know, cause Colt, Colt Cabana's over in Ring of Honor. Could, you know, still kind of move him back together with them. Um, and, and see, Coach saying fuck the Dark Order. See, like, I'm so conflicted because, and when we sit here week in and week out, actually, it's been a few weeks because the Dark Order just haven't been on TV. But 
uh, I don't hate anyone in the Dark Order. I, I love everyone in the Dark Order. I think they're all super talented. But like, it just sucks because I see Anna, Anna J go on to do great stuff. And then this, you know, the Stu Grayson thing, that seems like that was just a one-off because we haven't seen him at all since. So Stu isn't back. Stu just showed up because they were in Canada and he's from Canada, which is cool. But, you know, at that point, just sign Stu. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it it's very bittersweet. And who knows? Maybe, maybe Ring of Honor would be the place for them. Yeah, I, um, I, I could agree with that. But, you know, it does feel like they're some of the originals and i think they have like a place in tony's heart they they might be around forever you know what i mean just in one way or another yeah it sucks because it's brody lee you know it's like you want to yeah. you want to honor brody lee and i get it but problem is in pro wrestling you have to you, you can keep an act around but the act needs to you know move forward and do things yeah i do think it should be uh reduced to the three though um if it's gonna just be like Uno, Silver, and Reynolds is what I think it should wind up being. Ten should go off. B, Preston Vance. Um, negative one, when he grows up, maybe they could do something, bring him in. You know what I mean? But that's a long ways away, Ryan. He's only like, what is he now? Maybe 13? Yeah, he's like 13. You're talking yeah. like minimum five years out. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but we can't have the Dark Order nah, be yeah. relevant five years from now by doing this. You know what I mean? Nah. Like, because that's the like, funny thing is like the dark order really has it's only been a year since they kind of fell off you know oh, yeah. the last noteworthy thing they did was when they helped hangman win the world title after that they pretty much disappeared so it's been exactly. a year like we can't do this for five more years. i can't no. do this for five more years there's basically two things that i would be okay i mean not okay with but there's two things that i would recommend at the moment one Make Evil Uno the, the, the leader, the pseudo leader, I guess you would call it, with Reynolds and Silver and have them as a trios team. Or bring in Redbeard and have him be the have him be their leader, something like that. Um and have them kind of help him go after a TNT title or something. Um, but them as a four as a as a unit of four right now, it's just kind of like just existing. There's nothing for them to do. They don't have a purpose. So We'll yeah. see. All right. Next up was the uh, Ari Davari versus uh, Wardlow match. And before the match started, Ari Davari offers his butler uh, for the TNT title. So essentially, he is offering Wardlow the services of his butler, Jeeves, in exchange Jeeves for the TNT title. It's Jeeves SK. Jeeves SK. Sounds like the worst trade off I've ever heard. I don't know, man. I mean, a butler would be pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it does sound pretty cool to have a butler. What was that movie, Mr. Deeds? I am very, very sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so uh, obviously Wardlow declines, absolutely annihilates Jeeves, headbutts Ari Davari. I honestly thought after the headbutt he was just going to put his foot on his chest and pin him there. But I forgot we had to go through the uh, powerbomb symphony. <laughs> so we got one big uh, lariat and then a foursome of powerbombs. Um, you know, this did what it needed to do. But I don't like that we squashed Davari here because he's kind of like the leader of the trust company. You know what I mean? Like, not sure we should have squashed him like that, but whatever. 
I would I would counter argue by saying it's Wardlow. True, definitely so, true. So I mean, because here's the thing: you have to remember the hierarchy of of, of the rosters. Like, yes, the Trustbusters are you know he's the leader of the Trustbusters, but you know he's still you know he's still this slimy heel, and you know he's not the like the Trustbusters aren't high in the rankings right now. So it's like. They're the kings of dark, and they're you know they're doing some rampage and dynamite shows now. But I mean, you know what I mean. It's the kind of guy that can take a can take a beat up from someone like Wardlow. It's it's not the biggest. Yeah. Um, Ryan Davis saying poor VSK can't catch a break anywhere. I actually so here's the thing. I know I just said like they're the, just the kings of dark and right now, which is fine. There's really nothing wrong with that. Um, I think that the Trustbusters are fucking great. I really like them. I love them. Um, yeah. And I think Jeeves VSK is a really nice touch. I think he's doing some really good work there too. Um, obviously, he hasn't wrestled too much. I think he wrestled on Dark this past week, actually. Yeah, didn't the uh, Trustbusters wrestle uh, for the trios titles? They threw the for the Ring of Honor six man tag. Yeah, I was yeah. actually nervous they were going to win. I was like, oh no, Peacock Power better come full today. Yeah, man. I mean, Dark Dark and Elevation have been pretty damn good lately. Uh, if you're not yeah. watching Dark or Elevation, like do it because <laughs> they've been really good actually speaking of dark man dalton castle he's just he's great he's amazing he, is, he really is love that guy yeah <laughs> uh so at the end of this match wardlow calls out hobbs uh hobbs comes out to the ramp and i don't know why but i saw this coming i really really did i was like oh my god joe's gonna smash wardlow right here i just felt it coming and sure enough Wardlow says this one sentence of there's nobody that's able to challenge me or he said something like Hobbs like I finally have a real challenger and I think that's what set Joe off and Joe smashes Wardlow in the back of the head with the T or uh, the T sorry with the ring of honor television title uh did you see that coming number one yes we've talked about it uh for weeks now um there have been some teases and, and with Joe tonight, you saw it was pretty much coming. He was the way he was standing there when Wardlow went up the uh, the stairs back in Gorilla, um, and, and just the way Joe was standing behind Wardlow. So you know we've been watching wrestling for a long time. Yeah. Sometimes you can just tell, and the way this camera angle was set up, it was like, yeah, tonight's the night. Um, now the line that you're referring to that Wardlow said that was the final straw for Joe was Wardlow said, "I'm going to take every title in ah. this company." Ah. Now, now Samoa Joe is a you know is a champion in this company. He is a Ring of Honor television champion. Um, so yeah, no, obviously Joe took some offense to that. That makes perfect sense. That was the sentence that set him off. Yes. All now, right. So uh... now I will say this: some some critiquing for this segment. Uh, camera the cameras t- for this segment not oh. good, not good, not good cameras at all um they so number one they did make it very predictable that joe was going to turn on wordlow here um you when you have this type of shot that you're doing you you use the hard cam use the hard cam for this do not use the camera that's standing right in front of wordlow so you can see joe behind him clearly joe is lining himself up like joe is about to do it you you if you go back and watch it like this man is kind of stepping to the left a little bit he's like all right you know getting ready for it um, and then the other thing with the cameras that really didn't do it for me in the segment was they actually cut to Hobbs, and so they missed the initial impact of Joe hitting Wardlow with the title. Yes, it, that was very 
bad timing. He literally hit the button the second he was hitting him with the title, man. Like, oh, I felt bad for the guy in the control room right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a fumble. You know, it, it happens. Mistakes happen, and it, you know, it's it wasn't exactly like it's it, it's not like the biggest deal in the world because they do a great job of kind of rectifying that right away. They show a bunch of replays from a few different yeah. angles. You get a good look at the hit. Um, but you know, this is a review, so I would like to see them oh, clean that up a little bit. I even wrote down, I was like, man, that was so unlucky for the guy in the truck a half a second too early that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like literally a half a second, if he would have waited, he would have been fine. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think what his, he was aiming to get the reaction of Hobbs seeing the type that, you know, the hit, the hit. I think he was thinking it already happened when he went to hit it. You know, I, I'm not sure what happened, but very I think unfortunate. We're just trying to make it seem like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. I think that was the idea. I think they were like, okay, well, this is about Hobbs and Wardlow. Go to Hobbs. Go to Wardlow. Go to Hobbs. Oh shit! Joe just hit him. Like they they were trying to time it where it was seeming like it was going to be focused on those two, and then when it cuts back to Wardlow, that's when Joe hits him. But I don't know. So Ryan says he thinks it's setting up a three-way at full gear so Wardlow can drop the TNT title without losing. I don't think Wardlow's dropping this title, though. Hmm. See, I actually agree with you, Jeff. I don't think Wardlow's dropping the title either. My, my, I mean, like, I could see Hobbs winning, but I don't see Joe losing right now. I, I think yeah. that's kind of more so where I'm looking at it from. I think if they do a three-way and Hobbs is winning... I think he pins Wardlow. Huh. Because I, I just don't I don't see them giving Joe his first AEW loss right after he turns heel. That just doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now you can do it in a way because with three way dances, if I'm not mistaken, I think three way dances are always no DQ in AEW. Um not hundred percent sure if that, if I remember that correctly. But I think they are. So yeah. you could have it where it's not, you know, a straight up, he got beat finish. It could be Joe, like maybe pummels him with the chair or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I do agree. I think we are getting a three-way dance here at full gear for the, uh, for the TNT championship. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Let's see here. Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, so, yeah, I did see at the end there, Hobbs said, uh, you know, I'll kick your ass too to Joe. So, yeah, it does feel like we're going to get a three-way going there. Um, so, next up, we had Renee Paquette in the back with Jade and the baddies. Um, Jade cut a decent promo on Nyla Rose saying, you know, at full gear, it's you and me, bitch. Uh, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I really think Jade needs to put on a good match here at full gear. Um, you know, it's getting, what is she now? 42 and oh, yes. they're trying to push 50. It feels like, and you know, some of these, uh, matches up to 50 should be a little bit more difficult for her for us. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like she should, um, uh, they should have a pretty decently long match here at the pay-per-view. Yeah, sure. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up, we had Tony Schiavone in the ring with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Soraya. And, man, first thing I wrote down was Soraya looks incredible. Her and Britt, both of their jackets are absolutely fire. They, they need to sell those ladies' jackets just like they do these men's jackets, man. Um, I would buy one of those Britt jackets just to have it for, like, never to even wear it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't... <laughs> 
Um, so this, this really got me in the feels, man. I was not expecting it at all. I was just expecting Saray to kind of kick Brit's ass, you know what I mean? To, to reveal everything here. But she said she went through all the tests, all the MRIs. She saw the surgeons and she saw the doctors. And unfortunately for Brit, she is a hundred percent cleared. And dude, I, the, the misty eyes waterworks just started out of nowhere. I didn't, I was like, what's happening? What's coming out of my face? And you know, it, it, it was crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean this, listen, man, I'm just going to be really upfront with you on this. Uh, I think this is probably one of my favorite segments in the history of women's wrestling. Um, this was oh, nice. This was just, uh, man, I just, I'm writing in my notes. Like, eh, this is a great promo. And again, a lot this of the promos tonight were just excellent. So, you know, you, you start with Soraya saying that she's clear to wrestle hundred percent. And like, you do get that emotion there. She gets choked up and emotional. You're sitting there crying. I'm sitting there getting teared up because I like, it's just such a moment that she gets cleared and she can go back out and do what she loves because you know, this is what she grew up around. And, and she has a line where she says like, I've been doing this for 30 years, 17 professionally. You know, because her parents are both pro wrestlers. And, like, that's just, that's the facts. Like, she grew up in the business. Yeah. Um, they made and, a movie and, about her. Yeah, and I've seen it. It's actually pretty good. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's a huge moment for her. A and then you, you think that Soraya is going to take charge of this promo, right? Because I'm watching this promo and I'm like, okay, this is Soraya's promo. This is her, I'm back. Obviously, she's been back for a month, and she's been doing some promo work, kind of getting her legs underneath her. We've talked about it, where it's been a little hit or miss with her. Tonight, she came out, and, like, this is it. Like, she's like, I'm back. My house. Like, let's go. And Brit, I was expecting Brit to not necessarily kind of just, like, lay down and, like, let Soraya get over. But Brit did not do that. We saw, no. holy shit, we saw the Brit Baker... Like, this is, like, when we talk about Britt Baker, Juhas, you know I love you, man, but shut up. Because... Yeah. <laughs> shut up, Joe. Shut up. <laughs> uh, but Britt, right, is, like, like, we talk about this, the duality of Britt Baker, where it's, like, Britt's either, like, way up here or, like, way down here, like, yeah. on the floor. And there's really no in-between with her. And, like, this was, like, okay, this is Britt bringing out her top game and it was even Britt was fucking incredible she's talking about you know that Soraya didn't have what it takes to be a superstar obviously you know what that's referring to and she's talking about you know just just saying like you wanted to be everything that I was I'm the foundation of a women's division that's something you wanted to do but you weren't able to do it because of your injuries because of this that and the third um you know, y'all crybabies isn't a big deal. What do you mean it's not a big deal? She just ignore him. <laughs> she was told she was gonna retire and she was done forever. It's like Shibata, man. People thought he'd never be in the ring again, bro. Look, man, and, and like you can't say that, you know, because when Brian Danielson came back, yeah, I fucking cried. Like I, I, yeah. I wept. Like I don't know. I, I get what Joe's saying. I mean, like, he's not a huge Soraya fan. I, I think she's very good. I don't think she's, like, the greatest of all time or anything, but I, I, I enjoy her work, and I think that this promo really kind of set the bar for her going forward about what I want to see from her. I thought she was really good. Um, And again, just, so Britt kind of goes 
off and she we see the Britt Baker that I want to see, you know. And then Soraya fires back and, you know, just, again, just really emotional talking about how she's battled her, her drug addiction publicly. She's dealt with all this shit. And you can tell she's shooting at this point. I, like, honestly, I feel like they're both shooting at this point. Oh, yeah. And it's just, again, it's just you let people be themselves. You give them the mic and you say, just fucking go. And like, and this is what you're going to get. And, you know, like it, it was just, it was probably, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite women's segments of all time. Um, ending mm. with Soraya laying out Britt Baker because Soraya's cleared now. This promo is fucking incredible. And now I'm going to get on my soapbox and, and the chat's kind of going in the direction that I wanted to talk about. All right, one second before you start, I have to point out something that Britt said that was one of the greatest lines I have ever heard spoken in wrestling. She said, so Britt Baker says this to Soraya. She said, you left your house and walked into mine. We don't take walk-ins. So, bitch, make an appointment. Because she's the dentist. Oh, my God, that yeah. shit was fucking perfect. That was absolute perfection, dude. Oh, my God, it was so yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, again, this is the Brit Baker I want to see. Like, this this is the Brit Baker I want to see. Like, hello, Brit. Thank uh, you for, for joining us. And, and again, like, I don't want to shit on Brit Baker because I think Brit Baker's great. Um, but you, I mean, am I wrong here? I mean, Brit gets pretty cold sometimes. But like, like you said, it was perfect. She's either up here or down here. There's no middle ground. So, yeah, I agree. And this just, was definitely up here. <laughs> this was phenomenal. Now my soapbox, right? So here's the thing. Critics of the women's division in AEW, they just need to be quiet. Because we have, we have three matches on full gear. Women's matches. We have three women's matches. I don't remember the last time a, a main promotion in North America did that. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, obviously, you could say the Evolution pay per view, but that was kind of for clout. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. But so, like, I'm sitting here, right, and I'm watching this, and I watched the Sky Blue uh, Jamie Hader match later, which I'll follow up on. But I'll just say it right now. I thought that match was really good. I thought that was probably That's Sky so Blue's good. best outing in AEW. Um, but like, we're sitting here with the women's division firing on all cylinders in AEW. You have. Yep three storylines going on right now you have women wrestling on dark four storylines because you have athena on dark right now who's turning heel uh and just destroying local talent you have like women are wrestling on on, again on dark and dynamite getting the reps some of the more inexperienced women you have weekly matches multiple weekly matches on tv you have a women's title feud that is very interesting everyone's really excited for tony and jamie you have the tbs title feud which is doing something pretty fresh with jade and nyla and then now you have this match which is like i'm super stoked for this this segment was incredible and i just think that we you know in, in the past I think many people, myself included, would agree that one of the biggest issues that AEW's had is its women's division has always kind of struggled. Not that they didn't have the talent, but that it just didn't feel important. It didn't feel like it mattered. That's not the case anymore. And I just feel like every week we're sitting down, I'm watching AEW TV from Dark and Elevation to Dynamite and Rampage and the pay-per-views, and I'm just seeing great work from the women's division. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and like, like we're sitting here, and I don't even have a lot to say about Sheeta. Like, Sheeta's doing great work. Riho's here, and Riho's Riho's doing good work. But like, we're not even talking about the ones that I that I assume are the ones that are doing the great work. 
like it's just beyond that um now yeah. granted Sheeta and you know Rio are still wrestling but that just adds to it that's what I'm saying like there's just there's so much good going on with the women's division right now that I think it needs to be you it needs to be recognized you know you credit needs to be given because at the same time we were sitting here saying the women's division is not very good for you know two and a half years like during the pandemic it was Sheeta and Brit and that was it you know what I mean? And, like, you had Nyla doing work, too, which is really good. But other than that, like, it was a three-slash-four-women women division. And, like, now, like, you got Athena over here doing her thing. You got Jade and Nyla over there. You got Britt and Soraya, Jamie and Tony. Uh, whether you like her or not, Thunder Rosa's, you know, waiting in the wings, probably coming back in January as a heel. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I wanted to just kind of give the the division their props. So I 100% agree with you. I I could not have said that better myself. All right. So uh, like you said, Soraya lays out Brit with what used to be called the rampage. I'm assuming she's going to rename the move because it had the name page in it. Um, But that's the only thing I know it as right now is the rampage. So we'll see what she calls that later on. Uh, she told Britt before she hit it, you know, this is going to be my comeback and your biggest match of your career. That was also a great comeback uh, by Soraya at the end. Which there, it so. is. It is It is the biggest match of Britt's career, yeah. in my opinion. And I don't know if Britt actually thought about that until she said it, because her eyes kind of lit up for a second, like, oh, shit. <laughs> Again, this was just, it was real. It was authentic. And, yeah. like, that's why I love AW, man. It's just, I sit here every week and I watch these promos and, like, it's just i don't know i don't know what it is maybe it's maybe it's the writers maybe it's the vi- i don't know what it is it has to be the writers right like they has to be because they have writers writing the other guy the other show's scripts but like i'll tell you right now this felt like there was a writer involved because that line from brit about we don't take fucking walk-ins was so damn good i couldn't stop thinking about it for the whole rest of the show i was just like that fucking line was incredible <laughs> like it was so good. I think Brick could come up with that. Come on, no, you. I, 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 all credit to her if she did. I'm not saying she couldn't. It just, it really felt like they put so much effort into this to make it perfect, and it, it felt like it was. Yeah, I understand the sentiment. Yeah. All right. Next up, we had a uh, backstage segment with Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal uh, paying off the factory with QT Marshall, and uh, what was his name Cole Carter? The guy who nobody had any clue who he was. Um, So QT takes all the money and then like takes like one $20 bill out of it and slips it to Cole Carter. He's like, here's your cut, kid. (laughs) Says next time it's half off. Uh, And then Danhausen shows up out of nowhere all angry. And we wind up getting a Orange Cassidy versus I don't even know who match out of nowhere. Um, And then we get a uh, Lee Johnson against Lee Johnson. Yeah. I just love how as soon as he was like, how about next week we in Orange Cassidy was just like, yep, sure. And walked away. Yeah, Like it's so I love I love the way that they're booking Cassidy's matches right now. See, I agree with Coach Nick. The the Cole Carter hate needs to stop, Jeffrey. Uh, Like that. First off. Uh, Good night, Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Make sure you uh, come back and check out our announcement later tomorrow. You know, come back, watch the second half of this video. We yes. have an announcement. The announcement. But yes, thank you for for checking us out. 
Anyways, um, I really love this backstage segment. I thought that it got a lot done with a lot of moving parts. It sets up for some... like This is what a productive segment looks like because they get so much done and so many people get screen time on this segment. Yeah. I love the, the Jay Lethal QT thing. I love him slipping, you know... <laughs> Jay Lethal's like, no need to count it. It's all there. And QT's not counting it. He's just taking his cut. Um, <laughs> and that was great. And then you have the best friend show up. And Dan Housen's like, shoddy, big shoddy Lee, you ruined my Halloween. And so Orange is like, don't hit my friends. <laughs> and like you said, QT's like, look, if you want to go, all right. And he just walks yeah. in. <laughs> all right. Um, and then they cut to, you know, they set up for a match. Oh, boy. Everything's fine. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have to see what happens here on the on the feed coming up in a few seconds. Anyway, so then we also get a a match for Dynamite that ends up happening. Uh, Trent Beretta and Jay Lethal get set up during this segment too. So like again, super productive segment gets a lot done in about thirty five seconds. Purple's gonna kill me. I broke her friend's cup. Oh, I see. Oh no. Oh, I hope she's not watching. I'm gonna have to glue oh, this no. back together or something. You just I just hear someone storming into the room. How could you do this? If she had a Nerf gun, I'd probably be getting shot in the side of the head right now. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, so again, thought it was great. And it sets up for the following match, Jay Lethal and Trent Beretta. Yeah, that was actually really... I didn't expect this match to be coming on immediately from the backstage like that. So we immediately get Trent Beretta coming down the uh, the ramp. Um, he gets attacked by Jay Lethal before the bell starts. Um, they fight on the ramp for a moment, but you know, they get in the ring, start the match. Lethal focuses on Tremperetta's knee for most of the match. Uh, Trent hits him with a huge avalanche half and half off the top rope. That was freaking sweet. Blame the cat. Yes. Good job, coach. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> good idea. Um, Danhausen hops up on the ring to uh, to give a curse to Sanjay, or I'm sorry, he was gonna curse Satnam Singh, but he turns around and curses Sanjay Dutt and punches him in the balls at the same time. But for his troubles, he gets a massive headbutt from uh, Satnam Singh. There, um, down goes Danhausen. But in the scuffle, the ref is distracted, or you know, not the ref. Trent gets distracted in the scuffle there. Gets hit by a big old uh, lethal injection, and Jay Lethal gets the one, two, three. Um, what did you think of the match? It was a, I thought the match was fine. I thought it was a good match. Uh, not Trent's best work, not Jay Lethal's best work, but it was cool. It was a cool TV yeah. match. It was fine. That's what I thought. I, I pretty much thought the same. Um, after the match, they walk up to the top of the ramp, and Tony Schiavone tries to interview uh, Sanjay, but Sanjay sends him back to the announce table. He gets on the mic and, you know, announces their friend, Jeff J-A-R-R-E-T-T. And Jeff Jarrett comes out and cuts another awesome promo. You know, Jeff Jarrett did his Jeff Jarrett thing. Uh, we had one of the stagehands trying to count Jeff Jarrett up. And he's like, you trying to count me up? And threatens to hit him with the, the guitar, chases him around for a few minutes. This was great. I, I I actually am enjoying Jeff Jarrett tremendously in AEW, and I was not sure that I was going to. <laughs> you know, I, I'm exactly the same. I wasn't super sure about this, but like, man, when I tell you I loved this tonight with Jeff Jarrett, yeah, he has him coming out. He's number one, so good at putting these guys over. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, right? I'm going to say Jeff Jarrett, my favorite carny in pro wrestling. Okay. I don't like carnies generally, but like, man, Jeff Jarrett fucking killing it. Like I, I, I really enjoyed it. And like, of course, like that, like, Oh, the way to my heart, like, is there any other way into my heart than by mocking Braun Strowman and Pinocchio Paul? See, I was going to see, I was wondering if you caught that. So, but is it Braun or is it Omos? They both wear red skinny jeans. I've well, seen them both makes wear. It. Me, that makes it even better because it's, it's in <laughs> general. He, so for those that don't know, so Jeff Jarrett, he's putting over, you know, his friends. He's, you know, he puts over Jay Lethal saying that this man oozes machismo, that like he was, he, he signed him to his first contract. He's done all this stuff, puts him over, puts Sanjay Dutt over, says his IQ is, you know, 158, super smart 100, guy. 181. Sorry, sorry 181. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then he puts over Satnam Singh. Does a great job, first of all, putting over Satnam Singh. Makes yeah. sure the cameraman, like cameraman, started his feet, go all the way up. Very old school, but it really works. Um, and then he says, "It's not some. He's not some make believe monster in red skinny jeans being produced by the Banana Nose Circus." And like, man, look, okay, because obviously, I am a huge appreciator of. Of you know, like Triple Paul, Pinocchio Paul. It, when I see people call Triple H funny names on Twitter that I find hilarious, I fucking love it. And the fact that this man, Jeff Jarrett, this man, you know, in trying times in my life, this man has truly brought me joy, and it's something that I will probably remember for a long time to come. What did um, he call him? Banana, banana nose circus. That that was definitely a reference to Triple Paul, right? Absolutely, banana yeah, like, nose. Come on, have you seen that he, man's nose? He managed to insult Braun Strowman, Omos, and Triple Paul in one sentence. It was great. Uh, yeah, and Coach said single handedly won Rome with this promo. Yeah, because again, like I am very cautious about the carnies in pro wrestling, and I do think Jeff Jarrett is kind of one of those old carny guys. But like. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, his work the past two weeks has been super enjoyable. I really liked it. I'm a huge fan of the fact they brought him in to help with the live touring and the live calendar. And, you know, great segment. And he, I love that he started chasing the the audio guy or the countdown guy with his guitar. Um, and it just, it's just really good. This is a yeah, big, fantastic. big thumbs up for me. Yeah, you know, after the first, uh, you know, the first night that he he debuted, you know, everyone was kind of like, ah, let's see where this is going to go. I don't know about Jeff Jarrett on screen. If you had any doubts, th- th- this was great. I-, I thought this was fantastic. So, you know, what's crazy. The fact that in 2022, standing in the middle Jordan. of the ring. What's up, Jordan? Standing in the middle of the ring at full gear. Again, historic night. We're going to see Jeff Jarrett and Sting go at it. Dude, I hope it's one-on-one. I'll be fine if it's in a tag with the two, but I really hope it's one-on-one. So it was already announced it is a tag match. It's Jay Lethal and and uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Sting and Darby Allen, which honestly, that's the way it should be. I mean, these I'm two okay guys are it. a little bit older. You know, let there be some guys in there that can kind of help carry the match when needed. So True. All right, next up, we had uh, Renee Paquette backstage with Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, 
he cuts a decent little promo on Christian and Luchasaurus saying he's not done with them yet, you know, uh, and he kind of puts it forth that he's going to have a challenge for them at full gear that he's going to reveal on Rampage. So, yep. You know, I, I, I guess this this filled a couple of seconds here, but I was like, if you're going to do it on Rampage, just do it on Rampage, you know? Well, so they're trying to they're trying to get Rampage numbers up, Jeffrey. They're they're trying to get the the ratings. They want people to come and watch the show. So they're letting people know they're having Jack Perry let people know that, hey, I'm calling out Christian Luchasaurus on Rampage. Check it out. Okay. I'm just, I'm not convinced that he is uh, going to boost ratings for a Rampage yet, but it's possible. I, I could well, I mean, be wrong. again, it's not necessarily that it has to be just him, but, it, I mean, it's they're just sh- setting up for their Rampage show. Like, they do this gotcha. every week. Yeah, I got you. They're, they're like, hey, we're going to do a pro, we're going to have a segment on Friday where they're facing off and lo and behold, it's already announced for the show. It's part of the card for rampage that they are going to have a face to face Jack Perry and Christian and Luchasaurus. Okay. All right. Next up, we had a John Moxley with William Regal in ring promo on, uh, MJF. Uh, Moxley basically says, you know, I faced MJF about a year ago last year and, uh, I whipped his ass. And he doesn't see much difference in him. He doesn't know what's going to be any different. He said, you know, why would it, why would it go any different uh, this time than it did last time? But I did like how he talked to uh, Regal saying, you know, who does he remind you of, you know? Uh, and they kind of said he reminds, they, they remind that Maxwell reminds them of a young John Moxley. Um, I really feel like everything about this is reinforcing me and coach thinking that Regal's going to turn on him. I felt like this whole thing was just like, yep, it's happening. <laughs> I'm torn because I do see that as a possible outcome. I really do. But I can't sit here and and not question Stokely Hathaway still being with MJF because here's the thing, right? Like and I could be wrong. I don't know. But in, in the Stokely promo, he talks about how, like, well, we know that MJF's like the devil. And Stokely's like, well, I'll see you in hell. And, like, for me, that was actually the, like, hmm, maybe maybe this is all a play. Maybe this is all a joke. You know what I mean? Like, or like a fraud, like a, they're fleecing them. They're, they're getting ready to trick Mox into thinking that this is going to be a straight-up one-on-one match. And then it ends up not being a one-on-one match. It ends up, you know, with some, with some, uh, some shenanigans. And I don't know. I just. Yeah, it could be. Like and I see it going both ways, and again, that that's just great storytelling. I could see Stokely and the firm actually still working for MJF. I could also, cause it, again, man, that turned really quickly. I mean, that was like a three week build to turning on them. I mean, that that was quick. Not that it's bad. It's just it happened very quick. Um, True. I see, coach. I don't think I don't think Stokely's going to cost MJF the match. I think that's where they're going, but I think that's where the swerve comes in. I think I think that's a, I think that's a swerve. Um, Here's a crazy thought that I had. What if Regal kind of sort of joins Stokely? See, I could also see that happening. I don't know, because part of me just thinks, like, uh, I think it's a young talent. I think it could work either way. I think it could work where you see Regal joining MJF, but I could also see it working where Regal stays with uh blackpool combat club i don't know it, yeah. it's very intriguing and i'm I'm really excited for this main event i really want to see what happens and how it goes down 
Um, but yeah, I could see it going either way, but I'm not a hundred percent locked in on anything. Uh, they've done a really good job of making this unpredictable, man. I'll tell you that much. Right. All right. Next up we had, oh man, we had another one of these elite video packages of them being deleted. And like, it was like a rewind through their careers. I absolutely freaking love these things. And at the end of this one, I believe we saw what appeared to be a clock that was part of full gear because most of the video package had gears and stuff moving like the full gear pay-per-view. And then we saw a clock clicking down to 12. So I am taking this as this should be the return of the elite at full gear. Is, uh, is that what you're taking from this? Yes, but I find it funny that you did not mention the biggest, like the like. You're not wrong. The whole the whole gears and the clock thing, like that is the full gear, like um, design package poster, whatever you want to call it. Jeff, they literally show the Prudential Center in the video. Nice, yeah, okay, yeah. No, I just I just thought it was funny that you were like, oh, I think the clock and the gears. It's like no, man, they, well, they, yeah, they, yeah. they didn't even bullshit <laughs> it. They were just like, hey. Here's, they just slap it on the wall. Here's the Prudential Center. They're pro- they're they're gonna be there. <laughs> I like... know. I just didn't want to make it seem like they were like, all right, the elite's coming back. Full gear. Here we go. You know. Well, that's what they did. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the elite to come back. Um, they're very into it. Again, like you are correct. These these uh, video packages have been very good. Um, and I'm I'm quite pleased with it. I'm very excited. Yeah, absolutely. I love those packages. They're so cool. Uh, next up, we had a Brian Danielson video package on Sammy Guevara. And he said, Sammy's face is a symbol of disrespect. And dude, I almost started clapping. I was just like, yes, that is perfect. And then I had a funny thought, you know, because I'm a huge Dr. Disrespect fan. I was like, Danielson's going to be Dr. Disrespect tonight and kick the shit out of Sammy. <laughs> yeah, it's only funny to fans of dr disrespect i guess but uh yeah this was uh this was great i love danielson it seems like he's uh getting angrier and angrier by the day doesn't it yeah man he's getting fired up i I love it love to see it getting all pissed off at everybody Mm -hmm. all right next up we had jamie hater versus sky blue uh, we had Britt baker in jamie hater's corner and tony storm in sky blue's corner and man, just like you said earlier, you hit the nail on the head. Sky Blue is getting better and better every time she comes out here. And this entire women's division is getting better and better every time they come out here. I really feel like if he's still doing it, that Danielson help helping train them and some of these other girls they've brought in, it's really, really showing now. Like, really yeah, showing. Uh, again, just, just, just my point again, it's just, the women's division is just really killing it right now, and I think it needs to be talked about and mentioned. And like, I, I see the women's division just thriving right now. Where you know, I look across the, I look across the lot, the aisle, and I see them hot potatoing women tag belts around, and it's just like, okay, well, I mean, I think we could see which division is doing better. I mean, I, it's just pretty clear. But what do I, you know? What do I know? I've just been watching this stuff for twenty plus years. Um, <laughs> you know ugh, all right but anyways no i mean this was sky blues probably i think this was her best outing in AEW. 
Um, Coach Nick kind of said it really well here. Uh, ever since Madison Rain stepped in AEW, uh, it's been really elevated. Um, I mean, also we can't un, you know, I think Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, like reportedly they've both had uh stuff to do with the women's division as well. Like Jeff said, Brian Danielson has been helping train and coach the women uh in the in-ring product and the psychology of the product, and Kenny Omega has also, you know, been hands-on with the women's division as well. Um so yeah, I mean it's just it's great. You have you just, just so much potential and so much promise that we're not even like talking about like right now. Like right now, Willow Nightingale is doing a tour of Japan. Like there are women on TV right now that are just not on TV. Stat Statlander's out. Like this division's not even at a hundred percent, and that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, and yes, Asha's probably going to sign with WWE again. That's is what it is. That's her loss, honestly. I think, I, I think if she really respected her craft, I think she would. I think she would go to dub, you know, to AEW. I think she she would at least do a run there. You know what I mean? Uh, I think she's doing herself a disservice, but that's just me. That's my opinion. Nothing yeah, we'll more. see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going back to WWE. She's she was she's a lot of people were upset online because she's uh she's teasing she's teasing fans. She's like, yeah. oh, I'm in Boston tonight, but it's because she's filming a movie tomorrow. It wasn't because she was going to debut at AEW, but you knew what she was doing. Um, yeah. she's clearly I mean, going to debut at Survivor or return at Survivor Series. Like it's anyone with like, yeah. half a brain cell. They have you. two. They have two figures on the same team that aren't there. I'm like, oh gee. I yeah, I'm like, oh man. Is. I wonder. I wonder who it is. I like, wonder who that is. See, and so I have. Well, I've made this this kind of um. This this notice. I've 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 noticed this. I've made note of this. Right. So like WWE. Right. Yeah. Uh, Honest, honest question, Jeff. I know you haven't watched in like a month. Other than other than the returns, right? What like what is what has there been to be excited about about the product? It's like because yeah, okay, returns are cool, but like they're like that's not substance. You need substance to go behind with the returns. So like my question is like what are what are they doing right now? Other than these returns, I don't even know. I haven't been watching, but. It's see, I, I've seen some things of like Alexa's gonna join back with Bray. They're putting Bray's logo behind her in some segments and stuff, and I'm just like, okay, going back to what everyone hated. I get okay, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Nikki Cross winning the 24/7 title and then dropping it in the trash can, which is uh. where it belonged in the first place, but missing the fucking trash can from one feet away. It's got so a like, three foot hole on it. So like my question, right? So is that like just how like is that how they think championships work? Can like can Seth Rollins just take the US title and just like throw it in the trash and just be like All well, right. That's gone forever. Yep, the title is now <laughs> retired. You know what I mean? And it's not just a WWE thing. Like if AEW were to do it, it'd be fucking stupid too. If I don't know, like yeah. if Wardlow was just like, Yeah, I'm done with this thing. Trash can. All right, well the belt's retired. Like she threw it in the trash can like that's just such a like and what does it like say about your product like i understand you know maybe you could argue like well it was vince's idea it wasn't you know hunter's idea like okay but like are you gonna disrespect you're gonna disrespect a championship in your in your company like you're gonna bury yourself basically there okay yeah i don't know all right i don't know what they were thinking and I wasn't like a big fan of the twenty four seven title. Like this is not me saying I think the twenty four seven should still be a thing or that I enjoyed it. It was fun for like like 
I don't even remember ever liking it. But it was just like, okay, well, could you at least do yourself the respect? Like, here's what they should have done. They should have unified the title with another title. And you could do that very easily because Dana Brooke was the women's champion. You could have, you know, if you wanted to have Dana Brooke do it, and it gives you an easy storyline, an easy challenger for another champion. You could have the champion, even if you wanted to have a guy win it and then do it to, you know, the U.S. or the Intercontinental. Like, you could do it where it's like, unify the titles and have it be a false count anywhere match. So it still goes in line with the 24 seven title. Like why, why not do that? Why is the thought process? Let's just throw it in the trash. Let's not turn this into a positive. Let's not do anything redeeming about it. Let's just throw it in the fucking trash. Like uh, it's just, it's all they needed to do with this belt is make it to where it wasn't one of those things that like 50 people can chase you around the fucking arena. That was so stupid. It needed to be, you could challenge for it anywhere and anytime. Yeah. But it still had to be a fucking match in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, Again, not like, that I'm some asshole. Saying, can sh- like, I'm not even saying keep the belt. I'm cool with them retiring the belt. It was an awful idea. It was a yeah. bad idea from, it was a stupid idea from bad creative. Bad creative. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it wasn't good. It was never good. But you could still make something out of it. You know what I mean? Like, you could still go and have this match that, you know, a Falls Count Anywhere match, unification title, main event Raw with that that match. That's a great thing. Yeah, that's the title that R-Truth always had. Yes, it is, Uh, Coach. Yeah, he's like a 15-time. He's like like 120-time 24-7 champion. It's fucking ridiculous. But I don't know. We can get back to AEW. It's just... Yeah. Raw has been really bad lately. I don't even know how we got to. Oh, you asked about the women's division. Yeah, the, somehow we got to that because Dana Brooke had it. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, we were talking about the women's Down division. The rabbit hole and then we you went. brought up Nikki Cross, and then that was like, yes. okay, well, we're going to talk about it then. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But, you know, Jamie Hayter's putting on banger after banger, whether it's a singles or a tag team match. I have not seen a bad Jamie Hayter match. Sky Blue is looking incredible. Obviously, Sky Blue took the the pinfall in this one. We're you know we're pushing Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm here. So um, Jamie Hader hits her big uh, ripcord lariat, the one two three. She keeps on kicking her after the bell. Tony Storm jumps in the ring to save her. Uh, you know, great match. I was very surprised at Sky Blue's growth here. Um, I hadn't necessarily noticed it, even though I noticed she was doing good matches. I didn't necessarily notice like that amount of growth until here tonight and you mentioning it. So yeah, kudos to her. All right, next up, we had a video package for Brian Cage versus Dante Martin. Um, Brian Cage says, you know, Dante, you might be a once in a generation talent, but I'm a once in a lifetime talent. Uh, Brian Cage is a freak of nature, man. That dude's body is just built differently it's that's wild it's like uh bobby lashley you know him and bobby lashley got that crazy bulky muscle you know yeah it's it's oh. insane this guy is super ripped and yet super athletic yeah uh coach nick says can you imagine julia hart versus sky blue in five to ten years oh dude in like two that might years, be a play for the years. future that might you you say that and i'm sure you don't say it uh in a in a joking way but that that might be the play in 5 years keep an yeah, eye out for real absolutely who better 
All right, next up we had Alex Marvez backstage uh, looking for Ricky Starks, but instead he finds Lance Archer, Lance Archer the murder hawk monster, uh, with Ricky Starks kind of laid out up against the wall. Um, Ricky tries to fight back and gets his head smashed into the wall again. Uh, Lance Archer says everybody dies, and he tells Ricky he's not making it to the uh, elimination match. So... Is that is that supposed to be on Rampage or next week? Uh, great question. I think it's on Rampage. Let me, um, hold on, let me see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure where that Lance Archer match is gonna fall, but we might do a giveaway for a Lance Archer figure on that night. I got like four of them. Yeah, that's uh not on Rampage. It's gonna be on Dynamite, I guess. It'll probably be on next okay. week's Dynamite. There we go. So maybe next week on Dynamite, the uh, the Dynamite before Full Gear, we will do a giveaway for a Lance Archer figure. Yeah. I got a bunch of them. <laughs> All right. Next up, we had a two of three falls match. Our main event of the evening, Sammy Douchebag Guevara versus Brian Danielson. Dude, this match was awesome. Uh there were some spots that Sammy Guevara pulled off that were so incredible that like 10 people in the crowd wanted to really, really start the holy shit chant. But the rest of the crowd was just like, no, we refuse to cheer for this guy. But they actually did eventually get people to cheer for Sammy to just say, you still suck. You still suck. Cause what he was doing was just incredible. You had to acknowledge it somehow, you know? Yeah. I mean, Again, I, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, we talk about it a lot. It's real. It, like it does. It's not frustrating. I mean, I guess it's frustrating. Like Sammy Guevara is so fucking talented. He's so good, and you know, like I, I think the hate is a little bit stronger with you than it is for me. I, I kind of just let it be because it's just that's what they're going for. They're obnoxious heels that are gonna make it out and be just like the most annoying thing ever. Um. Sorry about that. I was looking at something on my computer. Um, but it was just, yeah, I, I think I think Sammy's so good, and this match was excellent and really enjoyable. Danielson and, and Guevara definitely have that good chemistry going. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> He's the Terrell Owens of wrestling. <laughs> sure, but T.O. was still very good. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, this match, uh, we had some fuck you, Sammy chance clear as day on live television. Uh, that was interesting. Um, I was surprised they didn't do their little, uh, you know, bleep bleepage kind of stuff there. Um, so Ty Conti hides a chair down near the steps to the ring. They lure Danielson out of the ring and Sammy just blatantly uses the chair and sacrifices the first fall so he can gain the upper advantage against Danielson. So Danielson goes up one nothing, but at the expense of a chair shot to the face. So Guevara was firmly in control of this here. Oh. Uh, Guevara hits a quick GTH not too long after, gets the fall one two three, and we got a one to one evened up. So I have to admit that, like with the two out of three falls formula. I've always wondered that, like, why doesn't a wrestler just take the DQ? Yeah, and just just fuck. Like, obviously they only did one chair shot, 
But like, why doesn't a wrestler do that? Like, okay, two out of three falls. Okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a chair. I'm going to beat the crap out of this guy. I'll have to lose a fall, but I'm going to hurt him to a point where I can get the other two falls relatively easy. Um, super smart from Sammy Guevara. Love the psychology of it. Love the thought process behind it, the reasoning yes. behind it. I think it's very on brand for what a, a heel JS Sammy Guevara would do. Um, yes, very smart, very uh, well-told story. Yeah, and to add to what you're saying, I think the moment that one fall happens, the next fall has begun, correct? Or like the next match has already begun. So I'm thinking if he were to continue hitting him with the chair, it would be like another disqualification, you know? Well, so no, the one because, chair shot kind of made sense. Well, well, no, because they they basically have to separate them before the next bell rings. Okay. Because if you keep in mind... Sammy hit him with the chair and then he grabbed the microphone. He was like jamming uh, Danielson's eye with the mic. Yeah, so like, the next right, ball right. hadn't started right away. It's more of a, it's like the, the way it works is that after the fall, the referee has to make sure that both sides are ready to start the next fall. Yep. You're right. I, I actually, I did miss that. You are correct. Yes. All right, so uh, Ty Conti does get herself ejected uh, in the next uh, few minutes here. She pulls out Bryce Rimsburg in the middle of a count. Um, you know, after we came back from uh, break, Danielson had a split above his eyebrow. He was bleeding pretty good. And then not too long after that, he gets his nose busted open. I don't think he had a broken nose, but, man, Danielson was bleeding from, like, two two of the – many holes on his head <laughs> his his nose was swollen up he almost looked like it was a uh banana nose circus you know what i mean oh yeah. then he might have had a broken nose if it was swelling like that it, it was looking like triple paul's nose i'm not gonna lie to you it was it was looking pretty uh it was looking pretty swollen oof all right well sammy tries to hit a springboard off of the off the top rope but catches a knee to the face um they both kind of stay down for a little bit here <clears throat> Danielson goes to the top rope multiple times throughout the match and gets taken out on top of the ropes every time. Sammy was just too quick for him, kept knocking him off. He hit a huge knee when he was up on the top of the rope, sending him flying to the outside. Um, and then Sammy did a freaking shooting star press off the top to the outside. And that's where he got the, the crowd to say, you still suck, you still suck. You know, they just, they had to acknowledge how... Freaking badass that was. That was like a perfect shooting star press. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, He gets uh, Danielson back into the ring. He tries another huge move off of the top rope, but Danielson reverses it into the label lock. Uh, he gets out of the label lock, tries to hit a GTH, but Danielson reverses that into a poison Rana. Uh, we get Sammy countering the Busaiko knee into a lion tamer. I mean, turns the lion tamer into a Boston crab in Boston, by the way. That was pretty good. Uh, but Danielson eventually hits the Busaiko knee, uh, puts him in a crucifix with a bunch of nasty elbows. And then for the finish of this match, this LaBelle lock that Danielson locked in was the nastiest LaBelle lock I have ever seen him put anybody in. Sammy's arm was legitimately twisted up behind his back and then when he locked the other arm in, dude, that looked like a real legitimate submission that looked extremely painful. 
yeah i just the modified uh labelle lock it, it yeah it definitely did and uh sammy ends up passing out yeah danielson with the win tko um amazing episode of dynamite tonight this was a great main event um i absolutely loved this episode this was freaking awesome yeah uh excellent episode of dynamite uh you know we're we're coming up close to full gear uh and it's just going to be a it's going to be a fun week getting into to full gear week but we have rampage before that um yeah all right so that does it for the uh aew dynamite review show uh what do we got going on on rampage all right, well, so Rampage, we have the continuation of the World Title Eliminator Tournament. We have Brian Cage versus Dante Martin. We have Bandito versus Roosh. And we also are going to have... Okay, so it's just those matches for the Eliminator Tournament. But we will have Nyla Rose, the self-proclaimed TBS <laughs> Championship Open Challenge. So she will defend her her uh tbs championship no coach they did no ring of honor matches this week um because they're building to an AEW pay-per-view so this is, you have to manage your tv time um jungle boy jack perry will come face to face in the ring with christian cage and luchasaurus and then we will have the all atlantic championship defended uh orange cassidy will defend his title against big shoddy lee johnson let's fucking go Let's fucking go. Love me some Orange Cassidy, man. The more, the better with him right now. That dude is an absolute star. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You got anything uh, already for next Wednesday? So, no, they don't have anything announced for Dynamite right now. I would imagine that there will be a lot of stuff announced on Friday. All right. Perfect. Well, I think that gives us uh, towards the end of the show here. So um, I think it's time for you to make a little announcement, huh? Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, it has been requested by many of you. Uh, we obviously appreciate your support here at the Broken Tables podcast. Um, you know, Jeff and I have been kind of shooting around the idea about doing a our gaming podcast, and that will be launching this weekend. Um, it's called The Game Room. It will be a show that is usually done on Monday nights, but we are going to do the first episode this Saturday night. Um, Jeff and I don't really have a time set yet, so I mean, we'll try to we'll figure that out and, and make that known. Um, but yeah, we will be doing a gaming podcast starting this weekend uh, with weekly episodes on Monday nights. Yes, so uh, definitely tune in on Saturday. You know, I'll have the uh, the pre-lobby thing where you guys can wait, you know, in chat before, so you'll have a good idea of what time the show will be uh, once we figure that out. I'll have that up on Saturday afternoon so you guys can uh, prepare yourselves. And it's going to be a really cool show. I can't wait. Um, we're kind of switching roles for that one. Rome is going to be our host. I will be the co-host. So uh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. Uh, just kind of a matter of when to do it and then timing amongst other things. Um, but I, I just think that right now, you know, I love talking about video games almost as much, if not more, than I love talking about wrestling. I would say they're they're very evenly matched. Um, so having the opportunity to kind of talk about video games 
um the first episode's going to kind of outline what the episodes are going to look like i've as jeff said i've kind of taken the reins on the show so i'm going to be you know kind of throwing the show together and and kind of you know creating the show as we go um but i have some really cool ideas that we're going to get into on saturday if you want to know what the show is going to consist of and what it's going to be like uh you know again tune in on saturday to kind of get the vibe of what i'm trying to create um all gaming is welcome it's going to be a gaming podcast i mean obviously i have my specialities in gaming and then jeff has his but i mean I'm, we're going to try to cover a pretty broad spectrum at least that's the goal um, yeah so absolutely if like nintendo if you like xbox if you like playstation if you like playing all three like myself um this sh- will be the show for you oh coach that means a lot man that really does oh yeah and, thank you man i really appreciate it and i was a chef for 15 years so if we ever want to do something like that i'm down bro <laughs> all right and I, I i did put some work in on a uh a new setup for that podcast so it will it's gonna have the same vibe as what you see now but it will be different it will be gaming uh centered so look forward to that as well can't wait to see you guys on saturday on saturday so that's gonna be fun but before that we will see you guys on friday night for our uh aew rampage review um you got anything else for us here tonight room no that's pretty much it i mean we were i was thinking about going back on fed talk but i mean i don't know man let's just not nah i'm i'm i'm, it... I'm over it <laughs> yeah let's not yeah really over if, if if something comes up throughout the week that makes me want to again we'll we'll talk about it on uh friday night with the rampage yeah sure all right man well another excellent episode of dynamite and the broken tables podcast so uh go ahead and close us out sir well this has been episode 88 of the broken tables podcast if you enjoyed this episode please consider giving us a like and a subscribe or a follow depending on where you find us Thank you to everyone listening to us live here on YouTube.com. Thank you for hanging out, everyone. Uh, The coach was even here live tonight. That was nice to have on a Wednesday night. I really loved having that. Um, Thank you to everyone who's listening to us also in the future. Not coach, but everyone else. Thank you to everyone on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. You can follow us on our social medias in the description below. Uh, We go live on YouTube following every single AEW Dynamite, Rampage, and even pay-per-views. Full gear is next week. We will be there live. Uh, Coverage will happen. That's all I can say right now. Um, We hope to see you again. Uh, Enjoy your Thursday, and we'll see you guys on Friday. Absolutely. Thank you guys all very much for hanging out. And Coach, thank you very much for sticking to the end for our announcement. Uh, And until Friday night. Top guys and Zelda out.